You're listening to the Homebody Podcast with Anna, the Anxiety Coach, counselor, coach, author, and anxiety specialist. Here, we talk all things real and raw when it comes to the human experience and the challenges that we may face throughout the journey of life. Open the metaphorical door to expanding your mind and reconnecting with your body and get ready for the actionable and effective steps that will guide you to coming home to your body. Let's dive into the show. This is a very exciting episode because today when we talk about the vagus nerve, I am going to be sharing some sneak peek previews of excerpts from the vagus nerve reset, my upcoming book that is about to be released on the 30th of November. Um, And we deep dive into the captivating world of the vagus nerve. Now, this remarkable cranial nerve is often referred to as the wandering nerve, and it's such an amazing space to kind of explore because it holds the key to unlocking the secrets of both our mental and physical well-being. The vagus nerve is an extensive network throughout the body and plays a really pivotal role in regulating a multitude of bodily functions and it acts as the bridge connecting the brain to vital organs, influencing our heart rate, digestion, influencing inflammation and even our emotional states. Its influence on our mental and physical health cannot be overstated. So in this episode, we're going to delve deep into the intricate web of the vagus nerve and unravel its anatomy and functions, providing you with a really comprehensive understanding of its significance. From there, we're going to explore the profound impact that the vagus nerve has on your mental health, stress regulation, and emotional well-being. And I'm going to give you some really practical techniques and exercises for stimulating your vagus nerve that will give you the tools to enhance your own vagal tone. Don't worry, we'll explain that later on and improve your quality of life have a newfound appreciation for the power of your vagus nerve and the potential it holds for improving your overall well-being. So let's dive in to the nitty-gritty of today's episode and start with the anatomy and functions of the vagus nerve. Let's begin our exploration of the vagus nerve by diving into its fascinating anatomy and the wide array of bodily functions it regulates. So I really want you to picture your vagus nerve as a superhighway, carrying information between the brain and internal organs and vice versa to control bodily functions during states of rest and digestion. It's made up of thousands of tiny fibers that operate way outside our consciousness. The vagus nerve is also the 10th cranial nerve, and it's really vital in your ability to experience optimal wellness. Now, the word vagus, as we know, comes from the Latin word meaning to wander, which is the perfect way to describe it. Your vagus nerve starts in your brain and branches out in multiple directions from your neck to your abdomen. While we commonly refer to the vagus nerve in a singular way, you actually have two vagus nerves and they split from the brainstem and run down the left and right sides of your body respectively. And in each side of the vagus nerve, it also has a front, which is the ventral part, and a back, which is the dorsal part. Now, the front ventral vagal pathway is associated with social engagement, connection, and safety. So when you're spending time with people you enjoy, you feel relaxed and comfortable, that is your ventral vagal pathway. 
the dorsal vagal or back pathway is associated with states of shutdown and immobilization, withdrawal, dissociation, and disconnection. So this can manifest as feeling being emotionally detached or disconnected from yourself or your surroundings, similar to a turtle retracting into its shell for protection. The ventral and dorsal parts form a really important function of the vagus nerve that is vital for our survival. And it forms a process called neuroception. Now, neuroception is a neural process which we subconsciously read cues of danger and safety from our environment. So it's how we understand the world around us. Our brains are constantly scanning the situations and people around us, making decisions about whether or not they are safe or dangerous before we even become aware of the judgments made. Now, this process of neuroception may activate the ventral and or dorsal vagal parts of the vagus nerve depending on what the cues are that it's receiving from your environment. So if it's saying everything's safe and you're safe, this activates the ventral vagus nerve, the front nerve. But if you're receiving cues of potential danger or threat, this is going to activate the dorsal vagal back nerve. During neuroception, both the front and the back may be activated at the same time as you analyze these environmental cues of safety and danger. So your vagus nerve is like a two-way walkie-talkie. It shares information between your brain, the cortex, brainstem, and hypothalamus, and your body. It's not your brain doing most of the talking. It's actually your body doing most of the talking. And this is really worth thinking about. Our body's ability to sense and process information is extraordinary. And most of us are really unaware of that. And the statistics are really striking because your body is actually sending four times as much information to your brain as your brain is sending to your body. So to put that another way, 80% of the information is coming from your body to your brain and 20% of the information is coming from your brain to your body. So there is this constant communication that is occurring between your body and your brain and that all happens through the vagus nerve. So as this communication highway, it kind of influences and regulates a multitude of bodily functions such as our heart rate, it prevents unhealthy irregular rhythms, and it accomplishes this by secreting acetylcholine, which is a substance that slows down electrical impulses in the heart and in turn decreases its beating rate. And this reduces your energy expenditure and helps you feel calm and relaxed. It also oversees digestion, so your vagus nerve regulates the release of digestive enzymes as well as the movement of food through your digestive tract and it also acts as a communication link between your gut and your brain and it signals when you're feeling full after eating a meal. So the health of your gut and digestive system has a really significant impact on your emotional and mental health and this is because the messages that are being sent through your vagus nerve can sometimes get muddled up due to increased inflammation. When your gut is content and happy and healthy, this keeps your vagus nerve happy and healthy too, as well as your brain. It also assists with the release of insulin from the pancreas and production of bile from the liver, all of which allows you to gain important nutrients from your food, which gives you energy, strength and vitality, as well as the opportunity to expel waste and any unwanted nasties from your body. 
It regulates the muscles in your neck and throat to allow you to swallow and talk, which enables you to communicate effectively with others. I mean, think about that for a second, being able to talk and communicate and swallow and use the muscles in your face and neck allows you to really be a human being to connect with other people. It also controls inflammation. So if you are able to maintain a healthy immune system, then we reduce the amount of inflammation that occurs. So our vagus nerve oversees this process as well. It carries sensory information from the skin of the ear to the brain, allowing you to hear and process sounds. And it plays a major role in keeping your immune system in good order by regulating the production of antibodies. It also controls the muscles in your eyes and face, allowing you to blink, smile or frown. And what, what do we do when we blink, smile or frown? We are making eye contact. We're changing our facial expressions to do what? To connect with other people, to express ourselves. And lastly, it allows you to tune into other people's voices and notice any alterations in their tones too. So we can detect when someone is feeling a certain feeling, whether they're sad, angry, or whatever else in between, we can detect that due to our vagus nerve. So as you can probably tell just from the few things that I have kind of outlaid that the vagus nerve uh, has plays a role in and is responsible for, we can see how profound the connection between the vagus nerve and our mental health, stress management, emotional regulation will be, right? And that is because the vagus nerve is intricately linked to our mental health and well-being. It serves as a key player in regulating our stress response and emotional balance, and it actively participates in the body's relaxation responses. So your vagus nerve makes up 75% of your parasympathetic nervous system, meaning that it holds the most part of your parasympathetic nervous system. It is your parasympathetic nervous system. And if we want to downregulate an activation or an arousal, then it is always going to be through our vagus nerve. And when we learn to have this complex dance and play with our physiology and our mind and our body, then we can start to reduce stress and anxiety. And that is why your vagus nerve is such an essential component of emotional regulation. Now, earlier, you might have heard me use the term vagal tone, and I want to just chat on that for a second. So vagal tone is a kind of funny word, but it is basically the way in which we explain the measure of the activity and efficiency of your vagus nerve. So it's a really critical factor in determining our emotional resilience and mental health. Higher vagal tone it kind of indicates a strong vagus nerve, a healthy vagus nerve. It means messages are getting sent really crisp and clearly. And those that experience higher vagal tone tend to have better stress management and emotional stability. Now, on the other hand, low vagal tone is often associated with increased vulnerability to anxiety, depression, and mood disorders. So now we're going to dive into some really, really handy kind of tips for you to stimulate your vagus nerve. And now that you kind of understand the significance of the vagus nerve in our mental and physical health, we can start to look at how we can strengthen and tone our vagus nerve so that we're getting the most out of our day-to-day life. So I wanted to start with something called resonant breath training. Now, resonant breath training is really about learning how to breathe correctly and optimally. And when we think about breathing, most of us may breathe into our chest or into our upper shoulders. So just take a moment here to kind of put your hand on your chest and your belly and take a breath through your nose or your mouth, however you normally breathe, and see whether your belly 
where your belly button is goes outwards when you inhale or whether your chest goes up when you inhale. Now, this is just an indicator of how we can kind of end up chronically breathing in a way that is not going to help our physiology um, to downregulate, to do complete all of the important tasks that it needs to complete. Now, when we breathe in this resonant breath pattern, we are optimizing our breathing so that our vagus nerve is increasing our heart rate variability. Now, just quickly, I'm not going to dive too much into heart rate variability, but heart rate variability is the amount of time in between each heartbeat that you have. Now, it might sound strange, but we actually want quite a lot of variability in between our heartbeats because this indicates how quickly we are able to adapt to our changing environment. So if you need to jump out of the way of something or you laugh or you have to run and do something, then we need our heart to be kind of flexible and adaptive to that situation. So the more variability in between our heart rate is a good thing. And this resonant breath training actually increases our heart rate variability. So what it does is we are learning how to breathe with our diaphragm. And I'm going to walk you through this practice now so we can do it together. And you can do this practice first lying down flat. Um, You can do it sitting up. I strongly encourage you to do it lying down flat. So if you are listening to this podcast on the go, come and visit this again when you get back home so that you have a nice place to lie down flat. Now that you're lying down flat, I want you to just inhale through your nose and imagine your belly expanding like a balloon towards the ceiling. So you're inhaling and your belly's expanding, 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 getting bigger towards the ceiling. Now, if you are struggling to get your belly to expand when you inhale, it can be helpful to apply a little bit of light weight to the belly. So you can put your hands on your belly. You can put a heavy book on your belly, maybe a heat pack to help activate your diaphragm. So just place both hands on your belly for now if you don't have a book or anything else around and you want to inhale and make that belly expand outward. So you're going to push your hands away from your body. And as you exhale, your stomach is going to deflate and contract towards the floor. Your chest should not be moving the entire time, just your belly expanding and contracting. This simple practice of activating the diaphragm and expanding the belly as you inhale, I want you to do that for at least five minutes a day for a whole week. So all you have to do is dedicate five minutes per day for a whole week to just putting your hands on your belly and making that belly expand as you inhale and contract as you exhale. You don't have to worry about the pace of your breathing. You're just training yourself to breathe with your diaphragm. Now, after a week, you want to be able to check in with yourself and go, is this really difficult for me or is it getting easier? Am I learning how to breathe with my diaphragm? Do I feel like I kind of start to do it naturally? If you are still finding it difficult to breathe with your diaphragm, I want you to continue practicing for another week before moving on to the next step. Okay. But if you are finding it quite easy, you are feeling like it's integrated, you can kind of move into the next step of the resonant breath training, which is where we adjust the pace of our breathing. So resonant breath training is about achieving six breaths per minute. So this typically looks like a five second inhale, a five second exhale, or a four second inhale and a six second exhale. 
So now that you have your diaphragmatic breathing practice down, you're going to start to practice this and put a timer on for a minute. And you're going to start to do your diaphragmatic breathing and you're going to inhale for five seconds or you're going to inhale for four seconds and then you're going to exhale for five seconds or exhale for six seconds. The choice is yours. So five and five or four and six. Okay. So just start to practice that. If you find that you're getting kind of like out of breath or it's difficult for you to get that six breaths per second, you just want to gradually lower your breathing rate over time. So again, just practice slowing down your breathing rate, remembering to breathe into your diaphragm for five minutes each day. And five minutes is all you need to start to retrain your breath for optimal vagal tone. You will be surprised at how quickly you start to adapt to this new way of breathing. So just keep practicing as much as you can if you can do more than five minutes and you can break that up throughout the day so you do five five and five that is perfect if all you can do is three minutes I still love it and I want you to do whatever you can fit into your schedule okay so that is resonant breath training the next one I wanted to share with you is cold exposure. Now, I feel like a lot of you just kind of shivered at the thought of cold exposure, but cold exposure is a really, really effective way to lower your stress hormones and downregulate amygdala activation, which is where our fight or flight response live, and activate your vagus nerve. So it has been shown that a practice of cold thermogenesis or cold exposure improves depression, anxiety, and other mood disorder symptoms and regulates the nervous system and what it also does is also speeds up the metabolism and, and improves our immune system responses in many cases so you can try having a cold shower but if that's too much for you then a cold face plunge so fill up a big sink or a bowl of water and plunge your face into some cold water or maybe you can just place an ice pack wrapped in a thin cloth on your chest and cheeks and then lastly, the last tip that I wanted to share with you is singing. And this one's a fun one because I love singing in the shower. I always sound so much better in the shower than I do outside of the shower. But the reason why singing can feel so good is because the vagus nerve is connected to your vocal cords and the muscles that are at the back of your throat. So this means that when we utilize our throat and we utilize the muscles in our face and our mouth and we change the way in which we are breathing, when we're singing chanting, humming, or gargling, all of these things have the ability to put you into a rest and digest mode. And it activates your vagus nerve and positively influences your mind. So whether you prefer to sing in the shower like me or join the chorus, that is totally up to you. So just to recap, we have gone over three beautiful resources and techniques that you can use to stimulate your vagus nerve and increase your vagal tone and heart rate variability. The first one was our resonant breath training. The second one was cold exposure. And the third is singing. So as we wrap up this episode on the vagus nerve, which I hope that you have enjoyed, I'm just going to do a quick key takeaways of the vagus nerve that we have gone over. So the vagus nerve is often referred to as the wandering nerve. It serves as a really vital bridge between our brain and our body, and it regulates a multitude of bodily functions like our heart rate, digestion, and immune system. So vagal tone is the measure of the vagus nerve activity, and it directly impacts our emotional resilience and stress management. 
We also explored practical techniques and exercises that can stimulate the vagus nerve, such as resonant breath training, cold exposure, and even something as simple as singing. And these practices can easily be integrated into your daily routine and offer really profound benefits to your mental and physical health. So as we bring this episode to a close, I want to invite you to check out my new book, The Vegas Nerve Reset, which is a comprehensive guide on how to stimulate your vagus nerve, how to heal anxiety, stress, and trauma, and really gives you each step of the way and it's broken up into three phases along with all of the educational side of things but each phase builds on the next and in each phase you are given a daily routine that you can start to integrate into your daily practice and start feeling different and feeling better from the get-go so i highly highly recommend checking that out you can put in your pre-order now and i'll pop the links in the show notes below if you're having trouble finding anything as always please contact me on on Instagram at Anna the Anxiety Coach, or you can slide into my emails, support at Anna the Anxiety Coach.com. And once again, thank you so much for joining me on this journey and diving deep into our Vegas nerve. I'm so excited for the future explorations that come from building this relationship with you. And I can't wait to see you in the next episode.